Good evening, folks, and welcome back to another episode of South of Shutter Curtain. As always, it's your boy, Devin Hyde, sitting across from the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Lucas Mueller. You want to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hello, folks. All right, guys, we're very happy to be back on another episode of everybody's favorite podcast. And we will eventually get to covering the Packers-Vikings game. Uh, Luke and I were supposed to actually record on Tuesday, as we normally do, how our schedule lines up. But after the events of Monday night, I think both of us, there was there was no way that we could do the show. And I'm really happy that we agreed upon that. Agreed. Yeah, we just were not, not ready for it. And, and we're hoping to hear a little bit of news before then, before we recorded. And you know, this means a lot to both of us. This means a lot to a lot of the world. This means a lot to, you know, I was in Buffalo for four years to a lot of my people out there. And this is something that we want to talk about. And we do take a lot of pride in our show. And we are going to be as gentle and as tender covering this as we possibly can be. Absolutely. Now, when this happened, I was at work. I think I was in between patients. And one of my good friends turned to me and he's like, Devin, some, some Bills player just like passed out in the game. And I was like, what? So like that's where I kind of first heard of it. But for you, Luke, it was a different experience because you were watching it live. And I would love to hear your perspective. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was odd, right? Because he initially, T. Higgins runs his route, catches the ball, right? Demar Hamlin comes up, makes a tackle, just past the first down marker, and they fall down. Okay, Demar Hamlin gets up. You're, you at this point, you think nothing's nothing's weird, right? Completely normal play, normal, normal hit, NFL hit. We see tackle. it ten times a game, if not more. Probably more. I mean, really, nothing spectacular about this hit. He gets up, and he falls down, and you're like, oh. That's that's weird, right? And then they replay, and you're like, "What happened? Like, what's going on?" Not a shot to the head, no shot to the chest. But what you think, you know, what I thought, anyways, was okay. Maybe he hit his head on the fall, you know, in the tackle. It, yeah, maybe somebody's foot or knee hit his head or something like that. Because then, at that point, he's on the ground. People start crying around him. Your first thought, naturally, when it comes to um, football is head injury, neck injury. You see that, right? We've seen it with Tua this year. We've seen it with several people. Nick Foles this last Sunday as well. Too often, but yeah, that's usually where your mind You're goes. Like, oh, like, for this sure. is what's happening. Yeah, that's right. exactly like you said, where the mind goes based exactly. on what we've seen. Exactly. So you're like, okay, well, maybe he's, he's got a concussion. He knocked out, can't stand type of thing. That happens in the NFL. Like you said, too often, but to a certain degree, uh, we've – We've almost grown semi-accustomed to it, which is something I want to touch on a little bit later, too. But so he's on the ground. People start running out. You're like, okay, you know, I've seen this before, right? And then the delay just kind of keeps going on longer, right? And then they start showing the faces of the players on the field. And some of them are crying. You know, they're hugging. They look completely lost, right? There's a couple pictures of Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, and you just – the looks on their faces, you're like, oh, my God, this is not normal. Right? No, no. Right? This is not just, okay, the guy's on the ground, knocked out cold, trainers are by him. Right? Because the reactions of the other players that when that happens are not this severe. They don't look just completely lost. They don't look this distraught. There's definitely a level of emotion, right? Neck injuries and whatnot, but this was a whole different level as it should have been once what was going on was made more apparent to the rest of us exactly because they 
they cut away to commercial and they did that a couple times. You're like, all right, this is this is starting to get a little scary, right? Then Joe Buck, uh, really the turning point for me, um, was when Joe Buck came out and said they've been doing CPR on Demar Hamlin, and at that point you're like, oh my god, right? I mean, this is whole different ball game. I literally I turned to my wife. We were watching. We had it on TV, and I was like, holy shit, this is bad. Like that's that's a whole nother level, right? You're not talking about it, it, this is going to sound relatively callous, so I apologize, but you're not talking about, you know, okay, maybe maybe he can't walk right now. Maybe you're worried about paralysis. I mean, at this point, like, did we just watch someone die on live television? You did. And we did, right? And and at that point, my mind started racing, and, and you know, I thought of relatively quickly, and this is how much we pay attention to sports, right? I remember hearing the story about the soccer player. Yeah. Right, yep. Christian Erickson. That one uh, comes up a lot this week. Yeah, I remembered him, and I, I remember when that those videos were kind of surfacing. I'm like, are, is this the same thing? Like, you know, quick Google of him, and he was fine. So I'm like, oh, what is happening? Right, and they just keep cutting back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth to a very unprepared um, team in studio on ESPN. Right, who I thought did a, a pretty good job overall, but you could t- the, these aren't war journalists. They're not. The crime journalists are not used to this. This is not their job. They talk about football, right? Talk about a game that men play. Um, nothing that serious. And they were not prepared. I thought overall they did pretty well, but you're just waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you don't know what's happening. They just keep cutting back. Occasionally you hear Joe Buck saying, uh, you know, not much, right? Yeah. How do you back to commercial? How do you continue in that? Right. And at some point I'm thinking in my head, like, please cut. Please put on 30 for 30. Do something. Yeah. Like, this can't be good. This can't be good for people to watch. You know, and the team's crowded around them and everything. And that's, everybody's kind of praying together. And then all of a sudden they go off the field. You're like, that's good. Right. As soon as Jamar leaves. it's They say you put him in the ambulance. He leaves. They mentioned that they waited um, for his, his parents where his mom was in attendance, right? Can you imagine that? Unbelievable. It's every parent's worst nightmare. Absolutely. They wait for her. She gets in the ambulance and they go. The team's going to the locker room. And then you hear, oh, five-minute warm-up. They're coming back. You're like, what is going on? Right? There's no way. And now, thankfully, the the rest of it worked out much better than that. They ended up obviously canceling the game. Long-term, it's a short-term. In the moment, they suspended it, which was obviously the right call. I think most people think it took too long to get there, which is fair, I think. But at that point, I mean, the rest of the night, I was just on Twitter. And I never go on Twitter, but just trying to find, like, well, is this guy okay? Like, is he alive? I think there was a lot of people that were just constantly refreshing, looking for updates. And I, I think that in all this darkness and this, the terrible this event was, is that you did see a lot of humanity come out for a lot of people like yourself looking for those updates for someone Absolutely. that did you even know his name i know that he was on my madden team <laughs> last time we had a season but did you even know his name before that no game? idea no idea who this guy was no but you cared instantly absolutely i mean when you see something like that um for me i mean that's it's something i won't soon forget and it was really really impactful Right. And seeing other people react to it, like I said, that was the first thing we were like, what, what's happening? These guys are lost out there. Um, 
and then they started talking about other things, right? And they kind of got on <clears throat> with it after they suspended the game and, and everything. But the rest of the night, I mean, I went to bed way later than I should have that night, you know, just trying to find something. You know, how's this guy doing? Right. So it, it was an absolute surreal experience. Um, I think the whole country, like parts of the world, right, was kind of in shock. It's You don't expect, as violent as, as this game is, you don't expect to watch someone die, right? You just don't. I mean, there's been scary. We've seen scary hits before. We are think outcomes of of hits that before that ended up scary. Ryan Chazier, right? For sure. Some we, of the perfect hits on yep. like AB for sure. We've, scary. As Packer fans, we've dealt with a lot of neck injuries that ended careers, early right? careers, definitely. You yeah. know, Nick Collins, Michael Finley, Jonathan Franklin. Thankfully, all those guys appear to be doing well without right. you know, um, restrictions on their functionality. But you kind of think that that's like the cap. Ryan Chazier, right, was really in, in our lifetime the worst it's been. And shout out to him. Shout out to his doctors, to his physical therapist, because I feel like there was a report out there that that man wasn't going to walk again. Yep. And you have seen him in Steelers games. Standing Incredible. up cheering inspirational and that's something that if you don't feel the twinkle in your eye something's wrong my friend something's it's, wrong it without a doubt i mean shout out to him and, and for the rest of them right the, living good good lives after that but th- that's the cap that's how bad you think it can be yeah right and then this was a whole nother level and you know i'm i'm interested to hear your thoughts on it right because this is this is your life, right? I mean, you're a nurse. You deal with this. I know we've talked I mean, over the years, right? We're friends, so we talk about work, right? And the way I talk about, <clears throat> to a certain extent, I talk about my work, dealing with cars and all that kind of thing. I mean, you're dealing with patients. You're dealing with people. I know you've done CPR on, on people. You've dealt with these, not maybe not this situation, but similarly dire ones for sure. So I just kind of want, you know, I want to hear your thoughts. It's your true worlds colliding right here. It really was not in a way that I would ever like. And as I kind of said before, I'm going to try to be as gentle and as careful with my words, especially we know that I'm very prone to a snafu. You know, there's, a, there's a lot of different thoughts I had with this event. You know, to an extent, nurses become desensitized because I've seen patients plenty of times. Maybe they're not up walking, playing football, but you round on them in the morning and they're talking and joking to you. And then all of a sudden you heard code blue this room and it's absolute fight or flight. You you said something about what war earlier or yeah. battle situations and it might be over dramatized, but you know, you're you're trained in nursing school about CPR and at least in my hospital they make us do CPR quarterly on a dummy. So at least you have some practice. But I remember it was a couple of years before I did CPR for the first time. And then the first time you do it, it's it's something that my my words cannot explain, nor would I want them to. Every code that I've been in, we immediately, you know, one of the later people to arrive to the code, we kind of assign that person to take the family out of it because nobody should have to see what we are trying to do to save that person's life. Or I, I should say more specifically and accurately to bring that person back 
you know, in, in TV, it doesn't, it doesn't look that bad. And I think there's some misunderstandings. You do CPR if there is no heartbeat. You are throwing a Hail Mary. You are doing everything you can because every second that goes on that you are not perfusing a, a person's tissues, especially the tissues like in their brain, um, they're going to have potentially irreversible damage. It's kind of similar to a stroke in that regard, mm-hmm. right? I'll be honest. I mean, I'm sure that my first few codes I responded to, I wasn't great. I was probably nervous. I was scared. I think that's very understandable. And I know that you did have doctors on on Buffalo's medical staff, but you have trainers too, yeah. you know, and it, and I'm not trying to speak to any of those doctors or trainers experiences because they all did a phenomenal job. Absolutely. One that I, I applaud them for. And if it wasn't for their actions, Damar would not be alive and talking today. I fully believe that. But what I would like to say is, you know, like we're nurses, we're the one who do the, like, who does the compressions. So I know doctors, higher education, I respect the shit out of physical therapists and athletic trainers, but those people are going into that moment probably not having done it recently or or some of them having ever done it and they performed an incredible act i mean the moment in the middle of an nfl game on a young man right i'm even thinking about like do you have to take the shoulder pads off? like medically like do you have to take the shoulder pads off because i couldn't push through those there's no way how that changes everything and and then even just like position wise you know, usually we do it when someone's on a bed and there's, there's on the beds these days, there's functions where you put it in a, in a spot where it's ideal to do CPR, to give them the best chance and for you to not break your back. And they're doing it on the field, on ground level. I had no idea. I had no idea. And just, I know there's been a lot of praise for the people that responded immediately and, and I cannot give them enough. I think I'm a damn good nurse, but if you would have asked me to go out and do CPR in that situation, I don't think I could have performed half as well as they did. So I cannot give them enough of a shout out for their response. But something that I would also sort of like to, you know, mention, I had this thought as I was as I was leaving work that day before we were still waiting for results about tomorrow is that, you know, I see this all the time. Patients that go downhill during COVID, I saw people that were perfectly fine and their sats just dropped. I make my, you know, before morbid jokes, which I feel awful about now, of stuff that I've had to go through. But even with all that I've been through, this one hit me different. I, I sat and I listened to a lot covering this. I listened to, you know, reports about, uh, sorry. Joe Burrow and his teammates going into the Bills locker room to make sure that they were okay. And, you know, there was kind of some iffy, you know, like is the NFL going to make him go back to it? Like you said, the five minutes and, and Sean McDermott, who, you know, we've grown up watching Sean McDermott was the, the assistant Eagles defensive coordinator back on those Eagles teams used to harass us. Sean McDermott has been in our lives for a long time. And you cannot give that man enough credit for him and the Bengals coach talking and saying, you know, listen, listen, Zach Taylor, where I need to be right now is with DeMar. And I, 
if you can't tell now, when I saw that for the first time, as a grown man who likes football and light beer, going to the gym and all those stereotypes, I fucking cried. And I am, I am more than okay to say that. The outpour, the outreach, we've donated $5 million. $8 million now. $8 million now. I'm Incredible. planning on adding to that as well, to, to DeMar's Foundation for Charity for Kids. And again, just like pause and think about that, right? This is a dude who's a backup safety who's, you know, if we were in Buffalo, he is someone that we would talk about a lot, I'm sure. I am. And this guy has this wonderful charity. And I feel like some guys maybe do it for press or PR to look good. But this guy is someone who is not looking for attention. He just does it out of the goodness of his heart. And he did it. He started it before he even made the NFL. Beautiful point. Thank you. I didn't even know that. So, I mean, it's not like he had money at the time, you know, to give back to his community. And he went to college in Pittsburgh because that's where he's from. Yeah. And that's where the charity's for. And the only other thing about this I'd like to add, and if I'm talking in circles, I apologize, apologize, but this is, you know, a little emotional. Football, nurse, and oh, by the way, this is my city, Buffalo, that took me in. Um, you know, with Tamar, they had to do CPR twice. Mm. Like, they lost him twice. And... I don't know if the number is 10 or 20%, but when you're doing CPR, it's not like in the movies where you do CPR and you get him back every time. No, you really don't. You push and you fight and you do all that you can. And at some point, somebody just has to call it most of the time. And it really breaks my heart to say that, but that's usually the way that it is. So the fact that they got him back twice, the fact that in those just unforeseen, unbelievable circumstances that they were able to provide that level of care. We look for heroes every day. That staff that responded, that ER in Cincinnati, those guys are the ones that should be getting national attention. I know that they posted something about the Bills trainer who did compressions, and I threw up on my Instagram because they cannot get enough credit in this situation. There's a lot of negativity about you know, Skip Bayless and other people that had really negative takes of, oh, they should keep the game going, you know, all that bullshit. But as dark of a situation as this was, I think there were so many reminders of the beauty of humanity when we choose to be so. I could not agree more. Could not agree more. Yeah, so many people stepped up and did all they could for this young man. Right. And I think this is going to have a lasting impact going forward. I truly believe that there's a good chance this ends up changing the way certain aspects of of injury and, and health are handled going forward in the NFL. And even outside of that, you know, this is a little bit easier to talk about now that we have the news that he seems to be doing well or as well as he can be. Right? To be fully clear, Luke and I were talking before the show and I told him that I was up a couple nights ago and I was honestly... Tossing and turning, because before we knew that he was awake, I, I was thinking I was going to come in here and say, like, Luke, I can't. Like, we're going to talk about tomorrow, and that's it. Like, I can't. I can't talk about the Packers. I know he beat the Vikings, and I'm so happy about it, and we're going to be at this playoff game. But, like, I couldn't care less because that isn't what matters right now. But the fact that he he is awake, and just to speak 
to the character that this man is that if you haven't heard, you know, he woke up and, and he was able to, to squeeze. That's something that we really check for, you know, brain injuries, neuro stuff, especially in the ICU. That's something they really monitor for, you know, making sure you still have all your neuro strength, both, you know, your hands and your legs. And he's able to squeeze. Apparently all of his neuros are intact, which is beautiful. It sounds like originally when he woke up, he was not able to speak or he might have still been intubated. I'm not sure, but he was communicating over, you know, writing. The first thing he says when he wakes up is, is who won? Who won? Love it. Tomorrow you, you just died twice. And the first <laughs> thing that you say is who won? That is a, that's a fucking man. That is a Buffalo Bill right there. And I give a lot of respect to the doctor who either set it back or wrote it back. You won, Damar. You won the game of life because you get a second chance. And I think there's a very good chance that he's not going to play football again. But the yeah. fact what this man can do for the world going forward, that he has a second chance that most people don't get, I can't wait. I can't wait to see whatever he does. And we did get another update that he was able to FaceTime uh, his teammates. And I, I cannot speak for certain that he was able to speak, but I would believe so. I didn't really read that report fully, but it's nothing but signs of improvement. You know, like I kind of said earlier with the CPR, you're worried about anoxic brain injuries. And even if he's intubated, you're not really sure you know, what's going to be there when he wakes up. But it's it's nothing but good news from DeMar and... You know, going forward, that no matter what happens with the Buffalo Bills, whether you know they they could play a really good team in in the first or second round and lose, or they could go all the way, it doesn't matter. You know your ass that every single player on their team is playing for Demar, and, and of course, South Dakota Curtain. We love our Packers. Of course, we know the Bills are my number two. But I cannot wait to see when this team takes the field, the love that they have for each other and the respect they show that man. I think we're all Buffalo Bills at this point, right? Essentially. I'll be rooting for them. Bills, Packers, Super Bowl. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) I laugh now, and my apologies for the inappropriateness. I just remember a few years ago when – the Bills and Packers are both in the title games. And everyone's oh like, oh, Devin, yeah. what are you going to do if they both make it? And I was like, shut up. I hope one of them makes it. And then they both didn't make it. Neither did. Yeah. But that, was a, that was a dark day. Fuck. Dark couple if, days. If we both make it and they beat us, man, at this point, I wouldn't even be mad. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'll be a little mad. Not going to lie. But fair, I, fair I wouldn't even be mad. But, fair enough. But yeah, this uh, got got overly emotional my apologies it's uh this is me as usual we haven't seen sad devin on the show before but um but he i'm just is. i'm just really happy he's doing better oh i really absolutely. am absolutely and i think some of the good things that could come out of this is i know a tuesday morning at work we all got an email going over um cpr and ad locations in the in the buildings and stuff like that and that's that's something obviously that doesn't get talked about a lot right i mean you may have a yearly refresher training type of thing but uh, that's good to have that's good to know and I think I'm sure a lot of other workplaces and a lot of other people have kind of a renewed um, focus on on some of that stuff which can be life-saving and if I may not trying to you know be a little too much here but CPR stuff or just 
watching that and it being a lot like I'm here people if you need anything in that realm I mean anything in general I try to be helpful right more than just hot shitty packer takes but um anything in that realm you know you guys are listening you guys are here for us you're here for me and Luke you know this show is constantly one of the greatest sources of my happiness it truly is so if I can do anything to help you through this or like Luke said if you guys are doing CPR training and want to hear something from a quote-unquote expert I would be more than happy to help you have my email South the Jetter Curtain or myself, Devin.hine at gmail.com. And we are always here for you guys, for, for football, for whatever it is. This is a family that I'm very proud to be a part of. Couldn't say it better, my friend. Couldn't say it better. All right. We can move on to Packer Talk if you're okay with that. Yeah, I'm good with it. Um, so, I think we should probably skip I Think and I Know just because we're going to talk about an hour before we even get to the game we played. Agreed. We're at 25 minutes, but I think that what happened deserved every single minute of it without a doubt without a doubt if i may though we do have a listener question today oh okay okay i'm intrigued so from one of our loyal listeners he asked do you think that by chance we played the soft zone early as opposed to man in a way to keep players healthy i'll let you respond first like the soft zone earlier in the season, was right, that a way to right. keep guys as opposed to what we're doing now? My answer's twofold. <clears throat> no. And how would it? Can I jump in now? <laughs> or are, you, are you done? I wasn't sure if you were going to kind of pause and I elaborate. Mean, I, you but... could, I, yeah, I, I would love to hear a little bit more because, I mean, our really only secondary injury happened early in the year with eric stokes yeah so mission failed maybe if that was the goal um i honestly just think that's what barry prefers to run i really do or did did Did. prefer to run coming in coming into the season i think that's his preferred um defense i think it probably took him a little while to understand that that was not the best for us if anything if i may i think you know, we've sort of talked about this before, right? Is that some people automatically think if you're playing zone coverage, you're playing off, you're playing soft. And that is not the case. As we no. discussed, you look at the Legion of Boom, who played all zone, but you can still play zone and you can still go up to line of scrimmage and contest the wide receiver. I would even say that in certain situations, if you are playing a receiver, press even if it isn't man if it's zone if you are competing with them at the line of scrimmage and slowing their progress as they as they go down their route Mm -hmm. you might even be limiting the chance of injury because you're not allowing them to get to full speed true i think that like you said very well i think this is just what joe barry wanted to do and i think it's also important to point out that for this last game especially Apparently, Joe Barry went to the DBs and was like, I want you guys to decide how we play this. And there was a conversation. You could call it a conversation. I guess a conversation <laughs> is anytime where two people communicate, sometimes words are not necessarily exchanged. needed, exchanged. It was a very short conversation. But correct me if I'm wrong, Luke, because it sounds like you know exactly what I'm talking about. Basically, Razul and Jair came together to talk about that. 
And before Jair could even speak, Razul God himself looked at him and he said, yeah, he's yours. I know what you want to do. I know you want Jefferson. He was not exactly quiet about it and, either. And he's yours. But there wasn't even Jair to say it. Razul knew, and we knew that Jair was speaking confidently about himself and his abilities. That's to, an understatement. To put it lightly. <laughs> but uh, the man showed up. Little <laughs> Jefferson had one catch for 14 yards. 15. How about that? How about that? And it wasn't when Jair was on him either. Justin who? <laughs> Have yeah, our Madden was... team, and I'm like, I don't want to throw to that little old baby boy anymore. I'm good. He's going to shrink when it matters. I mean, we we still actually played a fair amount of zone, and um, we'll get into this, but I'm sure, a little press bit more. zone. But, but we pressed different the zone. crap out of Jefferson. I mean, Jair was looking for blood every time he went up to the line of scrimmage. It was glorious. Jair and I are friends now. <laughs> Jair, listen to the show. Definitely, Clearly. Definitely. Clearly. So we're just going to have a whole different vibe for today's show. So now I feel like we're just going to be sporadic. Cause I like it. The next thing I want to talk about, and again, I would like to apologize um, for the tone of my episode, you know, is kind of last week was very me asking, and then I felt really awful after what happened. So I would just like to apologize in hindsight. Um, but one thing I did mention on my list of disappointments we're going to call it now. My list of disappointments. People okay. are disappointing me lately. That's that's a, okay. Yeah. Trying to, you know, be sensitive after my sins. The uh, the king of my list of disappointments last week was who? Lucas, do you remember? Savage. Starnell Savage. And I will be fully transparent. I think the night before the game, I might have had a couple of drinks. And now that today I'm 29. I, uh, Happy birthday, bud. Thank you, sir. There is nowhere else I'd rather be right here, right now, than doing the show with you. I'm very blessed. In my basement. I appreciate it. <laughs> you get older, you appreciate the important things, and that's exactly what I'm feeling. But let me get off the soapbox and get back to another soapbox. Oh, God, where was I? Savage. Savage. You drank. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, I honestly, and it's not like, oh, I had a couple, you know, like, you know, you're 20 and it's like six. No, it's like I had two, but I'm getting older, so you still sort of feel it. So I wasn't quite, you know, feeling 100% that day watching the game. I was just kind of hanging at home with my cat. And I see that that Keyshawn kick return, and I was like, I mean, that's that's sick. And that's amazing. That's a little weird. We haven't had one since like Desmond Howard, but like, that's a little weird, you Not know. Not entirely true. Right? Not entirely true? Who Randall was... Randall Cobb, his very first oh, game. Oh, Randall Cobb, that's right. Okay, but that, that was like a... That was it was a flash of lightning, and then it was gone. Right, we never saw anything else. But then, then I see a beautiful batted ball by Razul got himself. Of course, Psh, of course he set it up. No <laughs> doubt, no doubt. And I was like, yeah, I believe that. But then Darnell Savage catches it, and I'm like, okay, cool. And then he keeps running. And then he keeps running, and he has a convoy, and the man goes all the way to the house, and I was like. I had two beers last night. <laughs> Did someone put something in my drink? Like, am I okay? Because this can't... No, 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 no. This can't be happening. No, 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 no. no. This can't be happening. Russ... Or... <laughs> can't even say it. Can't even say it. Don't say pick six. Can't even say it. If you would have told me someone have a pick six, if you would have told me that, like, if I didn't watch the game and you yeah. were like, yo, Devin, someone had a pick six, 
First of all, I'd be like, Razul God? You'd be like, nah. I'd be like, Jair? You'd be like, nah. And I'd be like, oh, Rudy Ford? You'd be like, nah. And I'd be like, Quay Walker? Like, it would have taken me 10, 15. Yeah, Ennis Gaines. <laughs> did, did we put Sean Ryan at cornerback before I would have guessed that it was Darnell Savage coming up with the interception? And as much as I have... And you as well, it's not just me, as much as Packer Nation as a whole has expressed our displeasures with Darnell Savage. I mean, you think about it in life, right? Like you get demoted, you know, you have something kind of not not go your way. And it's mm-hmm. really all about how you respond. And every report out of that Packers locker room is that he had responded with humility. There was no saltiness. There was, all right, you're right. I need to do better. I'm gonna sit here and listen. And when I'm given the opportunity. I'm going to help this team. And that is exactly what he did, especially with Keyshawn being banged up when you only let him play for three plays. Yep. I felt pretty good with Savage being in there. I was I was extremely proud of that young man, how he played, and how he responded to adversity. Yeah, I, once again, could not say it better myself, Devin. On a roll today. Um, but yeah, apparently he uh, came in and played the second half of that Dolphins game, right? And then they thought that his play that second half was good enough to earn him back the starting job for this game. Incredible job by Savage. Um, and that's that was a play that we didn't make earlier in the year. Right? No. Early in the year, we couldn't get a, a turnover to save our lives. And we finally got some, right? And we have been for the last couple of weeks. And it was really good to see Savage, of all people, get it. Can I ask you something? Yes. Real quick. Go interrupt. for it. You're talking about, you know, momentum. Fuck, I ruined my whole joke. <laughs> Devin's so in rare form. Sally folks. gave me wine before our episode today. So it's a different, it's a different type of buzz, different type of vibe. What I was gonna say was that we were just talking about how, you know, sometimes it takes a takes a just one play and all of a sudden things change. It's like Uncle Mo, your favorite joke is still here. I apologize, folks, that everyone had to listen to Devin explain his joke after he ruined it. Um, but what I do best. Let's just say we're proud, both proud of Savage and hope to see more good things in the future. Oh, for sure. I mean, listen, this dude is someone, he's a, again, first-round pick, was a freak in the slot in Maryland, and we see glimpses, and if we can just get good Darnell, and I think that when he has limited snaps and a limited role, it helps, and what also helps is the incarnate version of my brother-in-law. That is Rudy Ford, yet again, with an interception. Now, granted, as with many of Kirk Cousins' interceptions, he was under a lot of pressure because that defensive line is like, what's up? We're still here. We hate that guy. We listen to South of the Cheddar Curtain, and Devin, we got you. We're coming for you, Kirk. Don't worry about it, bud. Don't worry about it. And I think the impressive thing there is that Cousins only got sacked twice, but I felt like he was constantly under duress. Numbers lie. Numbers lie. <laughs> true. True. He he was hurried quite a lot in that Rudy Ford interception was clearly ca- caused by pressure. Couldn't step into it. Was pressured. Under through the ball. Easy pick. Easy. Easy. And if we're talking about pressure... This is definitely more of a you guy than my guy. I do love him, but, you know, in our wheelhouse. Maybe one episode we should just, like, write on the whiteboard who are who is mine and who is yours. This is definitely a you guy. 
Kenny Clark coming up with the holy trifecta. That was amazing. Power power rushes through the center, just snaps the ball right out of Kirk Cousins' hands. Stole his lunch money. Thank the heavens he did because apparently we had some Mike Patton because uh, in that play, Preston Smith was lined up against Mr. Jefferson. He was. You know, that, that felt like a pretty, you know, 1700s coverage for Mr. Jefferson, <laughs> if you get what I'm saying there, dog. But, uh, yeah, uh, Kenny Clark just just straight up just swats it away while Kirk's just holding it. Like, they were you know, squared up. It was weird. It was very – it's like, yeah, he had no idea that he was right there and just swatted. He was right like, in front of him. He didn't even, like, attempt to tackle Cousins. He just kind of slapped it out of his hand like he was a little boy. Like we talked about last week. Oh, shit, I'm good again. Swat Bam. that, grab the ball. You know, it. honestly, that clearly needs to go down as a coverage sack. For Preston Smith locked Jefferson down oh, on that without one. A doubt. You see Preston. Oh shit. It's that dude. Locked can't, him down. Jefferson do had that. a little option route out of the slot. He was not on our boy Preston Smith. Now he's cornerback in the league. Oh, easy peasy. We're talking about a lot of the sexy plays, which I mean, understandably so. But we need to just rewind for a little bit and really talk about the antithesis of this game. Okay. So you know, be really fun, guys. When you're at home, take a take a drink every time I say so. It'll make for a great night for you. <laughs> not a very good morning tomorrow. No, probably not. And then you may not believe the Packers <laughs> result that you see in front of you happens to the best of us. Anyways, so what was it that the Packers? Did we get the ball first, and then was, they got was the ball was the, first? They got the ball first. Didn't do anything, right? Yeah, then we got the ball. We get the ball, and then we have a blocked punt. We're like, oh, here we go again. Game's over. Here we go right. again. We get the ball on the one-yard line. We get them on the one-yard line. And we didn't give up a single inch. They went backwards. I cannot think of a Packers defense. Not even in recent years. I cannot think of a single time that a an opponent got the ball on the one-yard line, and we held them to no touchdown. Yeah, to nothing. I mean, three eventually, but... Right. So they get the three, and then after that, it was 41 unanswered. We just said, see you later. Just, we're gone. And what was interesting is after the game, Rasul said that that's when they knew. They knew when they stopped them at the goal line. We won. That's it. It's over. I cannot tell you how many points you get in my book, as if you needed more for mentioning a Rasul quote. Thank you, Mr. Mueller, as I always. Gotcha. I got thank you. Thank you. I mean, that, that play just... Again, there's been several points in the season that kind of felt like playoff games, playoff situations, or they're that pivotal. And normally we roll over and die. And this time we, we didn't. Nope. We didn't. We fought back and we're like, no, we're here. There's been some sort of, you know, questions in the locker room. I, I don't know if it was Razul I was listening to today, but one of the DBs was saying, you know, recently we've been spoiled. Like last mm-hmm. year. Did we have a lot of adversity in the regular season? We haven't in a couple of years. No, we really. haven't. How We're many cruising games to thirteen and three? Or how many games have we had this season? All of them. All of them, basically, except right. this one. I remember the year. I think it was. It was the year. Ended up being the year that we lost to the Cardinals in that crazy Rogers' first year. Oh nine. Starting in the playoffs before we went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But his first year starting before that, you know, we went like six and ten, but we were close in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like 
Aaron couldn't finish drives. It wasn't always him. Like maybe he'd throw a pick or there'd be a sack or he'd throw to someone to be a fumble. Like there's always something, but there's a lot of one score games where they were that close. Like you saw the flash of Aaron Rodgers, but we weren't, we weren't closing the deal. And then week one of the next season, we play Chicago and we're down by four or five. And it was a third and one at midfield key situation and you're expecting Ryan Grant up the gut and Aaron play fakes it to Greg Jennings like a 50 yard touchdown and in that moment I was like all right we're over that we've gotten over that hurdle right and how many times this season as Aaron has said there are a lot of times even all the way back to Dallas where we're down by 14 in the fourth quarter and with the pieces that we have. And Christian Watson was only becoming, at that point, what he is now, right? We saw a touchdown at that point, but he had two more in that game. But there were so many times where that would have been a beautiful time to pack in the season. It would have been a beautiful time where that goes wrong and we just fold like an over-caffeinated origami artist. Just fold, 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 fold. Good God. I stole that from ESPN 2K5. I was Great say, you did, you, there's no way you made that one up. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I give my credit where it's due. <laughs> there's something about this team and the adversity that you go through. There's a reason that I have tattooed on my shoulder, smooth seas don't make skilled sailors. And at the time, I had a much different meaning for it. But now I might just be for the 2022 <laughs> Green Bay Packers. We won the Super Bowl, man. You may have to add to that. Just put the, the year and the, the team. Well, you know what, man? I got this big old tattoo on my right shoulder. My left shoulder's been feeling hella lonely lately. Let's so see. please, Aaron, Keyshawn, Josiah, I was gonna say, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, Yash Nyman, whoever else wants to join on in, Kingsley Inabari, Quay Walker, all them half the roster, y'all want to join in? On filling my left shoulder, please and thank you. All right, all right. Did not think we we're going to get some tattoo shout shout outs out of this, but hey, we did. Let's reel it back in a little bit here, shall we? Let's reel it back in. I guess <laughs> I don't know if you're going to be capable right now, man. Um, uh, we've talked a lot about defense, right? So let's continue that for a little bit. I think the biggest thing that I noticed early even before the kind of the rails fell off for uh, Minnesota completely. This is by far the most physical this defense has played. By far. There's a swagger with it. There really was. And obviously, you didn't love the the Quay penalty where he body slammed the dude. That was, that was a, a little bit too far. Step too far. However, dude was coming for people across the middle of the field. I think if... If I were to be a Packer player on this team, might I be Quay Walker? Is it is it a fair comparison? Okay, no, no, uh, what? We, what? Maybe down, love it. Uh, oh, all right, you can finish the show by yourself now. <laughs> after that, but the defense played so physical and really enforced their will. Right, Minnesota's not a great rushing team, but we held them to not much. I mean, overall they got just over a hundred yards, but a fair amount of that was garbage time. We stopped them early, right? Yeah, they abandoned it pretty quick. I mean, really going quick. up seventeen to three with like three points from the <laughs> offense really helps. Thank you, Savin Keyshawn. Correct. And that the D just kept up the aggression, right? And I think that's something we're going to need to see this Sunday night, and and hopefully, right beyond that. But this is the this is what the defense was supposed to look like all year, right? We saw flashes occasionally, but this is it. That's what we wanted. 
aggression fly to the football. Right. There was one play where they kind of threw a swing pass out there on third and long to Dalvin Cook. I'm sure you remember it. Mm-hmm. There were like five Packers right there. There's a swarming, which we did see in At Miami. Times. Yeah. yeah, for sure. At times, which is what we needed to see all year. But they've really turned it around. I like a lot of what they're doing with Quay. They seem to kind of unlocked him a little bit. Um, I like a lot of the edge stuff with him, right? Simple, simplify the game to a certain extent. Quay's a freak athlete. He can do everything. See the ball, get the ball. Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's. Thank you, Devin. Thank you for that. So overall, defense played phenomenal. Guys up front, Jerron Reed looked great again, right? TJ Slayton's really been coming on strong. TJ Slayton, yeah. He's another flasher, like, disappeared for a few weeks, and he's like, what's up? I'm here. I'm Kenny's buddy. We're good here. Yeah, really. Just stuffing the run, being disruptive. Kenny played fantastic. A lot of this may go with their third string center, right? That didn't help him at all. I don't care. Yeah, but I don't want to hear excuses, right? Nothing. We had Jake Hansen out there for a while. And Royce Newman playing tackle. Twice. That happened twice. Yeah, Royce Newman is times. Royce Newman is on our team. So I don't want to hear any excuses, okay? It's natural zone Royce Newman to you, but here we go again. <laughs> but overall, that defense played played great and it was nice to see so many people step up into their roles, right? Obviously Jair gets a lot of the flash this week. It's a lot of the press because he shut down Justin Jefferson. But he did it by playing so aggressive. And I don't know if he fed off of it, off of the rest of the defense, or the defense fed off of him. But that, just the in- entire intensity was turned up, right? And I'm not going to lie, I was nervous when Jair did the gritty. Oh, you texted me right away. And you were like, <laughs> Jair, a little early from the gritty? And I, I don't remember exactly what I said. You know, in my weird element, I might have been like, I think we're going to be okay. I wasn't as scared as I should have been, and I'm I'm glad that I was right. I was like, I mean, I appreciate it, but that wasn't even like a breakup in the end zone. That wasn't an interception, you know. But, dude, he, it was a great play. He got in Jefferson's head. Justin Jefferson it out. nearly, after he removed his helmet, nearly hit a referee he did. in his spine with his helmet. He did hit him, but it looked like he kind of pulled up, so it was probably more of a tap. Yeah, by the time it, it was there. just a little, a little tap, but you know, people always talk about getting in someone's head, and it was very obvious. I think it's kind of the mind game that you play, right, is when mm. Jair's talking shit all of the week coming up to it, and every Vikings fan is like, I want to kill Jair. And then it's like, oh, oh, look what happens. Oh, Jerry makes a good play. Oh, I, I already hated that guy. Now I'm extra frustrated. Now I'm not yep. worried about beating the Green Bay Packers. I want to show that guy what's up. And, oh, he just schooled me. Now I'm extra mad. Exactly. Exactly. And I think clearly got in his head, right? Justin Jefferson threw his helmet besides that time. He threw it another time, right? Hey, you just lost any chance of MVP there, bud. Probably any real chance of crossing 2,000 receiving yards, too. Yeah, bud. 15 yards doesn't good. help, does it? Let's have uh, Calvin Johnson keep that record for a little bit, shall we? He deserves it. We're going to do our best. We did, these, we did what we could. I mean, we really helped him out. So with we all really that we've did. done, you know, he deserves a Shout out to Calvin Johnson. But the best, that man. 100%. Um, but really nice job. Really nice job overall with that aggression. And that's something we're going to need to keep up, right? We did a lot of that kind of... Uh, Six front with one linebacker, right? Because mm-hmm. Quay played on the edge a fair amount. Just leave Devondre in the middle. Worked great. 
probably going to see a fair amount of that this week, I would imagine. Wouldn't be opposed to it. It definitely uh, creates some challenges for the opposing offense. Yep. And we'll get into it, but stop the run and make Jared Goff beat you outside in the cold. Love that plan for us. That has to be the plan for us because this running game is stellar. And Jamal Williams does no. does not have a single bit of animosity in his soul. That man plays with an intensity. I don't know where it comes from. Maybe it's from the Naruto shows that he watches, but he's he's special. He was good with us, but he is special. And DeAndre Swift, as I've said before, lives up to the name. We'll get there. I I think the running game's overrated for them. They're very talented. They're kind of middle of the road actual production. But Jamal Williams scores nothing but touchdowns, and I love the man dearly. Let's just you know, kind of slower. slower I don't say they're bad. I'm bit. just saying. I'm maybe. just saying that when we talk shit, what happens? I'm not talking shit. I'm just you saying they're like I guess, in the middle. I guess with my monologue last week, that was probably one of my more intense anti-other teams. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I wasn't guaranteeing a win, was I? I was just no. saying that I wish yeah. that. Yeah. So, so what's how this works? Is it I can talk shit, but I can't like really be sure we're going to win? Is that where I cause us bad luck? That, that's probably the sweet spot. Okay, well, then I definitely respect this Lions team and know that they could totally kick the shot of us. I want to make sure that is loud and clear over the airways. I'm glad you're putting that out there in the world. Yeah. Glad you're putting that All out about there. the universe, bro. I can tell. We should probably talk about the offense at some point. They did score points, right? Well, we should start with <clears throat> one thing on offense, most certainly. Something that is most important, which is something on a tangent that I, forget, I uh, failed to mention last week. And this is something that is very near and dear to your heart. Mm. So I'm really surprised. I mean, with me and my forgetfulness, not that surprised, but with you and your obsessions that you did not force me to bring this up is a little bit beyond me. Okay, I'm interested. So Robert Tunyon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was getting there. Scored himself a touchdown. Well, they didn't even show the best part, which I'm sure this is where you're going. They didn't even show it on the on replay or anything. That's not where I was going at all. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm I'm intrigued. We were talking last week about Christmas gifts. You know, the Christmas gifts that the rest of the NFL gave us, and we're very, very lucky. But if I'm going to take a second for a personal moment, because as listeners have liked to say, they like to hear more about my personal life. So I received a gift from my dad's girlfriend for Christmas. She told me that she took a trip all the way up to McHenry, and she is a lady who is very particular about her time. She does not want to be at an airport a minute more than she needs to. She values her time very much. I appreciate that about her. I can understand that, yeah. So she drove all the way up to McHenry because she wanted to get me a Tunyon and Son sweater, right? Like the one that Rogers wears on the show. Okay? Yeah, I'm following. And apparently she learned that, uh, what's his face, Jimmy Graham had a black one because he wanted a black one. Graham has a black one. Aaron has one. Mm-hmm. Packer players have one. The people that work for that company have one, and that's it. People, one of these people, thousands of people apparently call in asking for a hoodie, and they always say no. So my dad's girlfriend, accompanied by my dad, walked into the store, and they were like, no. Like, not even like, a, eh. It was like a no. Little background there, the construction company. The construction Bob's, company. Thank Big you. Bob's family's construction company. My apologies. So 
you know, they're kind of shooting the shit a little bit. My dad and his girlfriend, they're, they're building a house. Maybe they're like, oh, we should have you to the house. And they're just talking about other stuff and, you know, which parts of Wisconsin they grew up. And I, I think that they had completely given up on getting me the hoodie, which is totally understandable. I mean, if it was me and I think I'm pretty gregarious, even at that point, I would have felt awkward and been like, okay, I'm really sorry. I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for talking to me. But they didn't. They didn't give up. Or or maybe they did and just stayed and kept talking. I don't know. But they stayed and kept talking for like 40 minutes. Then eventually one of the guys was like, all right, like, like come back to the back room where the hoodies are. So my dad's girlfriend was able to get me what I am wearing now, this W.M. Tunyon and Sons Inc., the construction company hoodie, which I feel pretty fucking proud of. But what I am most proud of is that after I opened it and realized what it was, my entire family's response was, oh, I got to hear what Luke is going to say about this. <laughs> and that is the power of this podcast. That is the power of the love for you, my man. Thank you. I appreciate that. And my uh, obsessive love at times for people from the state of Illinois, specifically Big Bobbert, Roberto Grande himself, McHenry's own. McHenry's um, own. And honestly, you look fantastic right now. And I will say it is not a black hoodie. It's probably even more rare, right? Oh, I think most of them are gray. I think that Jimmy well, Graham was part particular, and he wanted you know? some black. But yeah. I believe Rogers is also black. Just saying. So, I mean, you're part of the family at that point. And it looks great on you. I am uh, a little jealous. Uh, I bought you a, a Robert Tunyon jersey. You did. You did. So, I mean. <laughs> Last year, two years ago. Yeah, you did. So, I, I think we're we're even there. But you look great. Very proud. And uh, very proud of your dad and his girlfriend. Because what a gift. What a gift. Yeah, honestly, I mean, it's just a fucking hoodie, right? You can say that. It's, it's, but it's not just a hoodie. But exactly, it's not. And all the effort it took and just... Love it. As I get older now, as I'm uh, trying to feel a little wiser, you, know, you appreciate what's really important in the people that put effort into your life. And that just, it meant a lot. I've been just talking about the offense. Reminded me about Big Bob and his touchdown. And I was like, how that got beyond me last episode is way over my head. So now we can continue to the offense. And Big Bob Tunyon. And Big Bob Tunyon, who's back, baby. He scored a touchdown, right? And did you see what he did after he scored a touchdown? Tell me more. The team, his teammates, created a tunnel, right? Okay. I have no idea how this did not make, how they did not show this on air, because this is amazing. They made a tunnel, right? They put their arms up, and like three people on each side or whatever. My man gritted through the tunnel. (laughs) I love all the gritty shit talk we had, and especially coming from Big Bob, undrafted free people. agent out of Indiana, but from McHenry. Don't worry. Indiana State at that. But oh, yes, but right. from McHenry. From McHenry High School. McHenry right? Zone. McHenry Zone. Hell yeah, Big Bob. Right? I just, I love, like, I don't want to see us do the gritty ever again, really. Not a huge fan. I mean, this week it would be completely inappropriate. I don't know what the proper celebration would be this time. I don't know. Could we do like a sun tanning one somehow? Where like the guys all lay out and kind of for Amon Ra throw their heads back. Yeah, for Amon. That's pretty good. Amon or St. Brown, the the sun god. You're welcome, Packers. That's, that's a pretty good. Maybe one. have some of them like you know like squishing like you're doing a spray tan bottle on each other. It's very elaborate. Done. You're welcome. But I, yeah, I loved the the gritty references just because of Justin Jefferson, and that was absolutely amazing. No idea how they missed that. No yeah, idea. that was really good. Because that was a great clip. They definitely should have replayed that more. But overall, the rest of the offense, uh, Aaron Rodgers looked fine, right? A couple good plays, 
That's all we need, though. Didn't have to do anything. That's all we need. AJ Dillon had another touchdown. Looked pretty decent, right? Again, just three or four yards. Keep keep pounding those legs. Keep punishing defenses. Establish the run to show the play action. Exactly. Aaron Jones, like before, you know, he was banged it up enough to leave. Like once you have the game in hand, sneakily had over 100 yards, which when they said that, I was absolutely bamboozled. Because we hadn't, we didn't really have to do much. Yeah. Christian Watson didn't have a big game, but I think that's good. I think it's good that even when teams are shutting him down, when they are game planning for him, that other people can show up. Romeo had a fine day. Yeah. Big Bob had the touchdown. Offensively, not a 300-yard you know, passing performance from Aaron, not a 200 yards rushing on the ground despite Jones's good day, but it was enough. It wasn't necessarily pretty, but it was enough. Yeah, it wasn't the most flashy. I will say that Christian Watt, we had Christian Watson a couple times deep downfield and you know, I think it kind of felt like a couple of missed DPI calls potentially. He definitely is not getting those calls at this point. He kind of had like the dropped touchdown thing where he there was good coverage, but he just kind of couldn't bring the ball in. Um, but I love that we keep throwing it to him, right? We keep throwing it deep to him. And you got to keep doing that. You got to keep them honest. Got to keep the defense on their toes. Send him deep a couple times per game. You throw it. What's the worst that happens, right? Uh so I like that we kept doing that. At one point, it just felt like almost every play was like, let's bomb to Christian Watson, right? Uh, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. But yeah, fine day. He's still affecting the game, affecting the defense, despite not getting the ball much. And Aaron Jones looked great. Aaron Jones truly, truly looked great. 14 carries, 111 yards. Explosive. I mean, he looks like Aaron Jones. Right? It's what we need, yeah. I love him so much. He's so good. Keep up the good work. But overall, kind of a ho-hum day from the offense, right? Again, they didn't have to do a whole lot. And I think that when you get up, you know, 17-3, and you're seeing that the other defense, that the other offense isn't doing a whole lot, you don't want it to change your game plan, but it definitely does. Hmm. There weren't a lot of calls where I was like, like, crap, guys. Like, really, like, what are we doing? It was enough. We still saw good sparks. And between the offense, defense, and special teams playing all of them playing complimentary football when we needed to has me feeling good going into the future. Probably has me too optimistic going into uh, what's ahead of us because I'm throwing 2010 references when my friends talk shit. Yeah, and we'll get there shortly. I would be completely remiss without bringing up some more special teams, right? Because like we almost glossed over the kick return touchdown, probably because we've all been expecting it for so long. But it's like every single one could go to the house. There's a lot of really key players besides Keyshawn on that play. There are. There are. Such as Devin. I would like you to take it. No, I, man. I, I want to hear your moment. I want to hear it. you say Let's, it. No, 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 no. So look, just remind me, in that middle wedge, who are some of the guys in that middle wedge who had key blocks? You don't know. <laughs> That's sad. There are two of them that I would like to mention. I, hey, very man, this specifically. Go for it. Honestly, go for even it. three. Let's hear it. Folk heroes. Folk heroes. If I ever have children, I will write them a book, and it will be about Patrick Taylor. Oh, good God. Tyler Davis and Josiah DeGuara, because people are like, yeah, Keyshawn Nixon had to make one person miss. Well, why do you think so? Is he Moses? Is he parting the Red Sea? No. He's got our backup tight ends clearing the way for him. I mean, that was an incredible hole. and I do want to bring up something that I kind of thought of about that hole, because fantastic blocking. Could have run a couple... Semi trucks through that hole at one point, right? 
One of the replays I saw looked like a fair amount of the Vikings defenders on the right side as we watched it. So the left side of your Keyshawn. Kind of ran to the outside. Yeah. And why is that, Devin? Ran to the outside. So to either to cut down and to go around their blocks, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be a good idea? It would be. But I think it's also because that's what Keyshawn Nixon's been doing. Because he's going to cut back. You, he you always cut goes off the to the outside. Yeah. He, he runs straight and then cuts and then he goes, right? Cuts. He picks a direction and goes. This time he didn't pick a direction. And I think that is a beautiful point that you made, and I wouldn't have. So, again, this is why you are the best co-host in the game and one of my oh, best friends you. and one of my favorite effing humans. I appreciate it. Because so many times when you have a young player that gets hot, right? The big adage is like, oh, once we have film on him, we'll slow him down, which is exactly like you said, Luke. Keyshawn normally goes to the outside. So then the defense or special teams coordinator for Vikings are like, hey, yeah, contain the outside, really sell that, really mm-hmm. protect the outside. And then all of a sudden he realized, I got TD, I got Josiah, I got P Money Taylor, and they're going to lead me all the way to the promised land. And that's exactly what yep. they did. And the only person in the way is the kicker. Who's barely going to touch me. Well, Keyshawn Nixon's attitude. What do you think is going through his head at that moment? You you kidding me? You, you're going to stop me. I'm Keyshawn Nixon. You're going to stop me? Good luck, son. Good luck. Good luck. Go home to your family. Go fly home to Minnesota. I don't want any of that bullshit up in here. See you later, guy. I'm Keyshawn Nixon. Fourth string safety, special teams guy, whatever. Yeah, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what's up. I'm going to show you where I'm from. I do have to bring up one more person before I think we should move on to a little bit about uh, Sunday night, right? Oh, is that important? Something happening Sunday night? Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, okay, cool. But what else happened on special teams, Devin? Right? We talked about the punt block, which normally would kill us. I was right? going to say, I thought that's where we are going. We had the kick return touchdown. What else um, happened? Oh, yeah. What else happened? Yeah. The Silver Fox happened. Didn't he have a doink in? He doinked in from 56 yards, the longest field goal in Lambeau history, from a man that is old, practically old enough to be our father at this point. Shout out to Silver Fox, right? Comes out there. Wasn't even supposed to kick the field goal. Wasn't even supposed to be on the field. Just the floor turns around, and there's Mason Crosby on the field. Well, I guess we're going to let him kick it. It's really unfortunate that I've already quoted Miracle once this season. <laughs> Mason's but, like, nah, nah, guys, I got this. Yeah, maybe I didn't hit it. I, I didn't even try a kick from here pregame. And the interesting part of that was is that we had activated Ramiz Ahmed, and then he was a scratch with a late injury, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So it's like Mason's like, Ramiz, you can uh, seize on the bench. <laughs> I got this shit. Let me show you what's up. Maybe you take over next year, son. But I'm the Silver Fox. I listen to South of the Shutter Curtain. I love Luke Mueller, Devin's whatever, but I'm going to show him what is up right now. And just drilled it. And yeah, he doinked it in, right? That's, that's why the Packers are better than the Bears, because we doink it in and they don't. Yet again, I'm a Packers <laughs> fan, not a Bears fan. It's my birthday. Let me have it. Only because it's your birthday. Otherwise, I'll just say you're clearly overcompensating. Victory is mine. <laughs> but what a play by Mason. And once the story came out that he wasn't supposed to kick it, he was just on the field. Even better. Nah, dog. I got this. Let me go kick the longest field goal in Lambeau Field history. When it's cold, and I'm ancient. Absolutely love it. 
Love it. Okay, now we can talk about the Lions. Yeah, they're a team. We played them. Uh, I think that probably one of the lowest points of our season is when we went in what was at that time a must-win game. We threw three interceptions. We had the the uh, rollout pass to David Bakhtiari. Like it, this was a game that was not only as a whole us not playing our best football. We were still doing that crappy zone coverage. Three red zone turnovers. You're going to lose that every single time, right? We were a lot of a lot of self-inflicting wounds. This is a much different Packers team. I don't care about that previous game, honestly. I think there's pretty much nothing from either team we can take from it. Right? Okay. The Lions didn't play well either. No, they did not. We it threw, was a very ugly game. We threw three interceptions in the red zone or closer, two of which were in the end zone. Aaron Rodgers is not going to do that probably in his career. Hasn't again. done that in 10 years. Correct. It's not going to happen, right? Pretty much nothing from that game, I feel, is transferable into what's about to happen. Now, the Lions have been hot, right? We've been two of the hotter teams in the NFC, if not the hottest teams in the NFC. It's a beautiful matchup. Right? And I pray that Seattle loses, right? Because, quick breakdown, if Seattle wins, the Lions cannot get in. I couldn't agree more with your thought process, and I was just going to ask you that question. Because what this leads to you were saying is if Seattle loses mm-hmm. then the Lions wait if Seattle loses if Seattle loses the Lions can win in it if Seattle wins it's us or Seattle and you were saying that you want them to I want Seattle to lose I don't want to see Seattle in the playoffs oh actually what's really awkward is I completely think the opposite what I want here's why I understand from a a competition standpoint, it may be beneficial for us if the Lions are out of it, right? I get that that theory of thinking. Okay, yeah, I'm I am way too confused. You go, and then I'll explain. What I was trying to think. My apologies. It's been a very emotional I'm, show. I'm pretty sure I know where you're going, so I'll I'll try to cut some of it off. Thank you. Right. So let's break it down real quick again. If Seattle wins, their playoff hopes are still alive, right? Unless we win. We win, we're in. We beat everybody. If Seattle wins and Detroit wins, Seattle gets in. Okay. Just putting that out there for everybody. I don't want Seattle to get in. I want it to be a win and in game for both us and the Lions. Twofold. One, that makes it infinitely cooler. And since both of us will be there, along with our friend, and and also my aunt is going to make a guest appearance there, it will be... The atmosphere, if it's a win and in for both teams, Sunday night football, last game of the season in Lambeau Field, prime time, under the lights, could not be more magical. Second part is, honestly, if like we lose, I'd much rather see the Lions in than the Seahawks. Because, yeah, maybe it's just hard knocks, but the Lions are kind of lovable. And I like a lot of people on their team. Yeah, the, they are the lovable younger brother, and Dan Campbell is and absolute gold behind the mic. He is, and they hate us, the Lions, which is kind of annoying at this point because I just kind of want to pat him on the head. Be like, it's okay, guys. You'll get your turn. But that's what I want. I want winning in for both us and the Lions because the Lions getting in is better than the Seahawks, to me anyways, and the atmosphere that will create, which will already be amazing. 
the atmosphere that will create could not be better. Purely magical at that point. So, sorry to wait a minute. I also want to add on that Aaron talked about, you know, people were asking like, hey, you know, what about this the Sunday night game and 80,000, you know, fans? And what are you thinking about it? And he's like, well, you know, last night game, there were a whole lot of people in purple. They got, they got pretty quiet by the end of the game. And I cannot wait to see 80,000 people, much more majority Green Bay, going absolutely wild. And Lucas Mueller, we will deliver for our quarterback. I personally guarantee you that I will not let Aaron down. And I will go absolutely berserk the entire time during this game. You might want earplugs. I think you may have to rest your voice after this episode until Sunday night. I mean, get some lozenges, drink a lot of nice warm tea, you know. Okay, go go fix a car. I'm fine. <laughs> so after I wrote on the board and I figured it out, a lot of people have been trying to go back and forth. Like, is it better for the Packers if the Lions have something to play for or if they don't? And while I completely understand your perspective yeah. of it makes for a better environment, you know, it makes for, you know, so much better storylines, there is nothing more dangerous than a man or a team who has nothing to lose. When we played them week 17, week 18, week 24, whatever the last game of the season was last year in Detroit, <laughs> because I can't even keep track how many games there are, they were doing fake punts. They were doing fake field goals. They were doing all sorts of shit. And I'm not saying that if we are in a, you know, both of us winner go home situation, they won't do some weird stuff. They may still do it. Oh, I'm sure they will. But if their only mission is to ruin us in those, you know, fourth and five at midfield and all those tricky situations, Dan Campbell is going to get up and bite our kneecaps off and he is going to go for it every single time. Fake punts, zero blitzes. Heaven knows what that man is going to do. So we definitely want the Lions to to have the chance to make the playoffs if they beat us. However, if we show up and we play our game, how do I say this gently? I do believe that the favor is in our, uh, the odds are in our favor. There you go. Bud. There you go. It's been an emotional show. I, I basically cried on the show, so get yeah, over it. Pretty much a couple times. So I think a couple key points here real quick to hit that kind of prove that point. Uh, that I think we are the better team at this point in the season is they have a bad run defense. We have a good run offense, right? Jared Goff is not good outside of Detroit. He's even worse in prime time in the cold. All of that's true. Yeah, I mean, he plays in a dome now. He played in L.A. before. Where do you go to school, Jared Goff? Cal. Cal. Hmm, would you look at that? Would you look at that? Now, uh, calm down there for a second. So did Aaron Rodgers, but... He clearly has adjusted to the cold, but we it, get primetime Aaron Rodgers is the best Aaron Rodgers. Sunday night football Aaron Rodgers is by far the best Aaron Rodgers. He's the guy at that point, right? He is the man. Jared Goff is not. So I think a lot of things have kind of lined up in our favor. Now, does that mean we necessarily win? Of course not, right? Of course not. However, this is probably the best situation possible at home, at night. Last game of the year, all the pressure's on us. This is when Aaron comes to play, right? See, I would think the exact opposite. I don't like all that. I'm like, oh, 
we're at home in January when it matters. And we do play well in the regular season, so maybe those curses aren't there. But I'm instead going against with the mentality of nobody expects us to get in. And nobody wants us to get in. It's not like, I, oh, we're going to be the same old Packers. This feels different, and I want the us against the world. I want us to be the Grinch that stole Christmas, except Christmas is in, like, January and February this year. <laughs> this isn't the old, like, oh, yeah, we're going to get a first-round bye, and then we're just going to, you know, lose to the Niners. I want this to feel different. Well, I think, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but the world thinks we're going to win this game, I think. There are people in this world who don't. Okay, the majority of people think we're going to win this game. Well, then I don't, so they'll be inspired okay. by me. I, I oh. believe in you guys. I'm oh, God. Oh, Josiah, God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So the majority of people think we're probably going to win this game, but I will say we are a different team, right? Coming at the end, barely. But we are a team no one wants to play. That much is true. Hmm. Like we're on a hot streak? I feel, I feel, like, I feel like we're on a hot streak. Maybe there's... An old relative who's been staying with us. Oh my god! Maybe Uncle Mo didn't leave after Christmas. Maybe Uncle Mo was like, you know, I like it here. I think I want to stay around until February. Huh? Would you look at that? Hmm. Hmm. Guys, I think we need to stop the pod at this point. Wrap it up real quick, because Devin's whipped out the same joke twice now in the same episode. I fear for all of us if he does it a third time. Sorry, getting a little older, my memories, you know, not not what it used to be. My apologies, folks. My apologies, Luke. But I will say, we will be there. South of Cheddar Curtain is going north. And we bought tickets like three weeks ago, and we still had a 20% chance of making the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're like, damn it, we're going to do it. And, and they were much cheaper then. now <laughs> tickets are like triple. And we're going to be there. And we're going to go see. I might have uh, slid into Aaron Nagler's show DMs. And, you know, put our name out there, or at least put my name out there so I can hopefully find him and other, you know, currently, for the time being, higher ranking Packer media <laughs> members. And then I'm just going to start, you know, snaking my way in there and see what I can do. I appreciate that. I appreciate you you putting us out there like that. I mean, I can I can I can pass off a pretty personable. I so. mean, you're, you're a talker. You like people. I, so. I do for the most part. I yeah. don't know if anybody could tell listening to this episode, but you're quite the talker. What are you talking about? You literally carry the entire show. I just sit here awkwardly. What do you mean, bro? That is not the case. But yeah, I mean, maybe we should get like a, a South of Cheddar Curtain banner across JP's car. <laughs> honestly, Luke, honestly, with how hot I'm feeling, maybe I can get him some core work before the game, you know, so it's not like a national travesty. And then I'll go shirtless and just have South of the Cheddar Curtain across my chest and you know they like to show people that are shirtless they're not gonna be able to read NBC. it man see how are they that's way too many words i'm a tall man <laughs> i have a long ab- abdominal cavity all right you know what maybe i'll do like my razul god paper towel maybe i'll put it in red south of the cheddar curtain so it really stands out like does that man have an infection oh no what does that say South of the Cheddar Curtain. Let me go look that up. Oh, my God. Look at this content. Look at this back and forth. I should listen to that some more. And there we go. And then ESPN is calling us. Lisa Salters is here in your basement. And bada bing, <laughs> bada boom. See how this shit rolls downhill, man. I'm glad you have our entire future <laughs> mapped out for us. I got, I got nothing, man. That's... <laughs> 
right. Oh, Twenty nine right. might be my last year on Earth with how this is going. It's <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday again. All right, but <laughs> but since you're out of words on the reels, um, you know, guys, I really just again want to thank everyone for listening. The show is probably said it before in this episode, and I'll keep saying I don't care. This is one of the absolute, you know, best things I have going. I love it. I love the feedback we get. I love coming here and talking with you, Luke, like we've done for so long. And, you know, whatever happens on Sunday, I'm so happy we're there. Yep. I'm so happy that we have we have been with this Packer team through this journey. I think this team particularly has given us, given, us, given myself, some life metaphors, which we can get into at another date because I know for a fact that your wife wanted to cook some dinner. <laughs> and I do love Miss Sally. She's a wonderful woman. And we are approaching 76 minutes. We're Ooh, back to our, uh, us go. our long ways. So let's go beat the shit out of the Lions. <laughs> and until next week. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.